Welcome to Men Talk, the podcast that takes a deep dive into the world of miscarriage, infertility, infant loss, and stillbirth. Hosted by Daniel Landau, founder of menshelpline.org, we'll be sitting down every week with real guys to discuss their stories, struggles, and triumphs. So grab a drink, sit tight, and let's talk. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Men's Talk Podcast, where we speak about miscarriage, infant loss, stillbirth, and infertility. Today's guest is Cole Lahan from the UK. Cole, the floor is yours. Feel free to introduce yourself, share your story, and uh, we'll go from there. Uh, hi, everyone. Um, my name's Cole. Um, so I suppose it was about February last year. Um, we, me and my wife, we just got engaged, um, and we found out just after New Year that she was pregnant. Um, I've never had kids myself in 44. Um, so this was the first time it was just absolutely amazing. Um, and over in the UK, the COVID was quite rife at the time. And where I'm living, the hospital's quite small. So I went to the first scan. I wasn't allowed to go into any of the rooms or anything. I wasn't even allowed to go into the hospital. So she had to do it all on her own. Um, so she paid for a private scan. We went there. It was the most amazing thing. Absolutely amazing. As time went on, um, went to, she would do her second scan, but she wanted me to have that experience. And so she paid for another private scan. And that's when we found out there was no heartbeat. Um, it was, it was hard to cope seeing me, Mrs. She was devastated. Um, I had no words. So the, the private place that we went to, they were really, really good. They said they'll take care of everything. We'll phone up the hospital. Um, they, did all that, still wasn't allowed in. So she, she had to go to an appointment on her own. Um, and they gave her the option of tablet or doing it naturally at home or, uh, operation, I think were the options. So she, I was allowed in then to do that discussion, but everything else I wasn't. Um, so she, we picked for the operation. So I said, all right then. So, they said, the only thing we've got is nine days away from now. So she carried it around. And um morning of the operation, they phoned up and cancelled. Um, so I went ballistic down the phone. I, I, I said some words that are not are very strange to me. And they said that the doctor had just decided to cancel it. So tried to get through the day for my wife's kids and her. About 10 o'clock that night, she gave birth to a baby in the toilet. Um, phoned up the emergency services. And they said I had to, she had to lie down flat and I had to push her belly. To try and get everything out. Um, my mother-in-law was around at the time. She cradled our what was our little baby in a t- towel. 
and uh, yeah, um, they really, really failed us. Absolutely failed us. Even after that, um, my wife had to go to the hospital to make sure everything was out, and uh, they took us into a room. Well, she had to even had to do that bit on her own. Um, they took us into they invited me up afterwards and um, to talk through what had happened and they gave us a little gift bag with some seeds in <laughs> and I just thought was but yeah it was the hardest thing um, and even coming back you have to be the strong tough guy and for the sake of the kids and Mrs. Um, I'm not a very well man myself. I've got mental health issues. Um, it was a really, really tough time. Yeah. Quite a story. I'm yeah. sure that COVID played a huge role in not being allowed in the room. I mean, that, yeah. that's, that's tough all, all across the world, yeah. but specifically when dealing with the miscarriage and the pregnancy, I, I really, Appreciate that your wife, you know, she, she took you and went out of her way to a private clinic so you can be in the room. Like that's unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah. It was the first time I'd ever, um, my previous marriage, I uh, brought up four stepchildren. Um, in my current marriage, I bring it up free. So it never happened for me. So she wanted it to be so special for me. Yeah. And then how did you react once you found out there was, there was no heartbeat? I mean, being in that room that was it a shock for you like how did, how did this yeah. happen what what was going well, on I sort of I sort of um, went blank for a minute to process it um and then my my, my first thoughts were for misses um cuz I knew how unbelievably devastating we were both devastating but I, th- I think being brought up with my family is like men have to be this big but brave, don't show emotion. So I think I took a lot on trying to be strong for her. And being strong for her, I mean, I I also was trying to be strong. Like it, it's very very tough because you, you know, as a guy, we're trying. We're trying to process what exactly just happened. Why did it happen? Yeah. And then you heard the shocking news. Oh, well, here are your three options. You got to wait nine days. Like, I'm surprised even. I mean, maybe, I guess, because the UK, um, so, you know, socialized medicine, it's the same here where I am in Israel. My, when it happened to my wife, she, we were also told, you know, you got to schedule a time. And then we wound up, you know, passing the baby, naturally going back, going back to the, uh, to the hospital. But, that waiting period, I'm, I'm just honestly really surprised that that even in a socialized med- medical situation, when you see that's happening, you're left for the procedure, you just get it done with. Like, it's so yeah. painful to to wait and then let it pass naturally. I mean, you mentioned that when it was when it was passing, you called the EMS system, they had you lie down and press on the belly. I mean, that, <laughs> I'm trained as an EMT. I wouldn't, you know, I, would wa- I wouldn't do that to my... You know, to, to my spouse, my patient, I, that also probably, like, how, how did you, 
how do you emotionally handle all these things? Like, did you, after this all passed, what did you, what did you, what did you do? Um, she was, Marissa was in a real bad way. She was crying and frightened. So I'm on the phone to the emergency services and, uh, I'm just talking to her and I'm reminding her of all the places we've been and how we met and, we went, sort of went back to my safe place, which is a place in London that not very many people know about. And, uh, I was just talking to her about that and that we're going to go back there again and trying to make her laugh. And, and uh, it seems silly, but it trying to just take her away from what was going on, you know? Um, she hemorrhaged really quite bad. She stayed in hospital for a while. Um, she's even still recovering from it now. Um, she's still on iron tablets. Um, yeah. I remember talking to the MS and they were saying, you've got to do this. You've got to make sure everything's out. And, uh, focused on her I guess yeah did you I know you mentioned briefly that you had mental health issues beforehand but did you find that going through this trauma made the mental health issues come out even more yeah um I think the stress and the anxiety of it all and how frightened I was um brought a lot out. I've got um, schizoaffective disorder. Uh, I spent a long time even now really I guess um, having dark thoughts and feelings constantly thrown at me which was, it was awful. It was awful. And those feelings are completely normal because so many guys go through that same dark, deep, you know, thoughts when this happened. It's just, it's unfortunate. You know, never do you think you're in life, you're going to be part of this club. But the reality yeah. is it can happen to the guy to your left. It can happen to the guy to your right. I mean, it's just so, so popular. Yeah. I mean, we was planning on getting married this year and after about, I think it was about a couple of months later when everything had sort of not settled, but we got into a life admin routine as such. Um, and then thought it, you know what, let's do it. Within about, we wanted something we could smile about in that year. And we did. We organized a wedding in four months. Wow. Do you think this experience brought you closer together, meaning it's a struggle, but Yeah, yeah. Um it made us appreciate each other a bit more. No. Um the little things we we sit out of the night time because it's summer now and uh sit out in the back garden and just listen to the birds and chat. Sometimes we don't even need to do that, just holding hands. 
know, we love that. Sorry. No, it's all good. And that's something like people need to realize also is that when you're going through it, like you got to do things that, that you love and, and, and push through. So like if it's holding hands, like that's great. You know, talking about it. Sometimes I hear guys say, I don't want to talk about it. I'm holding it in, but that's what really, really breaks them down. Yeah. Um, well, I think along that lines, I never really, because I've got, I've got my wife, three kids, and my mother-in-law all in the same house. And, oh, uh, wow. yeah, it's a bit chaotic. And, uh, this is the first time I've ever spoken at length about it ever. Um, yeah. Did the doctors ever tell you, like, this is what to expect. This is what's going on. This is what's going to happen. How are you feeling about this? Like, did they ask you your opinion? Have you made part of that decision? Or they're like, this is what's best for her. Let her decide. No, nothing. Absolutely nothing. There was no support afterwards. Um, there was no support for them. Um, she had to phone up and get her own counseling for what happened. Um, I'd already had my, my, um, key worker. So I could always talk to her, but even then I never really spoke about it because it hurt too much. So I thought, when you reached out, um, I thought, you know what? Yeah. What do you think, what do you think would be helpful? Like when going through this, what, what advice would you give other, other guys going through it? Talk. No matter how much, just talk. So I did it and I bottled a lot up. It ever happened again. I'd talk, I'd open up, I'd share what was going on, what I was thinking, what I was feeling. Because it's, it's both of them. two people, you know, suffered massively. Talking about it is definitely very important, for sure. I mean, there's so much of a stigma out there now, like guys not talking about it. It's only affecting the woman, really. Like I see it every day. I'm sure you're, you know, you're, you're seeing it and feeling it that it's really important to talk about it. Like bottling these up, these emotions is just so challenging, so difficult. Are there any things that you like to do in your, you know, in your spare time that might help, you know, whether it be hiking or, or biking or sport or whatever it well, is? Like, yeah. Um, I, I took up ukulele a little while back. Nice. Um, I thought I'd give myself a little goal. Um, I'm still rubbish, but it doesn't matter for anyone else. It's for me. You know, but it's my thing. I'm never going to be a professional or go into a ukulele band or do concerts or whatever, but it's for me. And it's just 
10, 20 minutes on my own. And I don't have to be cold. Just, yeah. And that's important, you know, making that space and that time to take on a new hobby, take on something to give you that time. It's so, so important. I think it's also important to be honest with yourself. Um, instead of trying to say, right, I've got to be stronger, to be honest and say, I need help. I think that's really important. And for people not to be afraid to say, I need help. Yeah. And I'm glad you did because it's too many people do not say that. Yeah. Yeah, so I've got a little garden with some forget me not seen and a little angel and a bit. So always, every now and again, we'll walk over and a little thing. So it's never forgotten. Would never want to forget. But it was one of the most glorious times of my life until I found out it had gone horrific. Yeah. And, uh, but we'll always remember. For sure. I don't know if you frame it or, you know, picture of, of, of the baby. Some people frame it, some people draw it. I mean, everybody has their own little thing to remember. And I think what's important to remember is, I mean, specifically in the U.S., but probably all around the world, Sunday, coming up this Sunday is Father's Day. So yeah. no matter what, if you don't have a child yet or you have a child and lost you know, a child through miscarriage, you're still a father. You're still a man at the end of the day. Yeah. It still makes us strong. We're still, we're still men. We're still fathers. We're still human beings. It doesn't make you less of a man if you go through this. No, definitely not. Definitely not. Um, I'll go, I'll go, I mean, my background is Irish Catholic and we were told you've got to be strong, got to be strong. <laughs> uh, so. I'm trying. Um, I spoke to my counselor about four months ago and, uh, I said, I want to, want to be able to talk more. I want to be able to help give her more of me. Um, so we started seeing like a family first therapist type person so we can be able to talk to each other better. No? Yeah. Is there anything that you wish you had, like if you're reflecting on this, like is there anything you wish you had when going through it that you didn't have at the time or wish you had known? Uh, I wish we'd had more support because we felt as though the hospital didn't care, the medical services didn't care, the, there was nothing before or after. It was like... Uh, everything that was done was done mainly for us. Uh, we did. But there was no support from the hospital. Uh, the only thing they did was a little gift bag with a nice little prayer and a packet of seeds. <laughs> Which, uh, I'm just laughing at that because like, it's nice that yeah. they tend to, but see it serious, seriously. I know. It's like, really? All right, cheers. Oh my God. Leave your review on TripAdvisor. 
That's not really what he wanted when leaving the hospital, I'm sure. No, no, definitely not. Definitely not. But yeah, just a bit of support, a bit of after support as well would have been good. Um, and, uh, sorry, uh, just remembering back, um, when after Jim had gone through everything, Ben and they'd given us a, it was all over. We were still getting um, phone calls from missed antenatal classes or appointments that she had to do. Or um, there was one from, you know, she got arthritis in the back. So she had a, a pregnancy team phone her up and say, oh, are you still coming? Having them reminders constantly throughout for the next six months afterwards really destroyed us both, you know. Things like that, so more organization would have been good and more communication between themselves. Yeah, that, that that's something that needs to be approved across the board, not just in the UK, not just in Israel, not just in the US, but every single hospital, every single clinician needs to see the fact that they're not just treating something that's happening, they're treating a patient and that emotion needs to be met. Things, if you have a patient that's going through this, don't just cancel this, <laughs> the, the, you know, this procedure. Don't, if there are follow-up appointments, you know, for, you're supposed to have an ultrasound, like, you're coming for a procedure, if it's at the same place, like, they just have the courtesy to go over and cancel those appointments for you right then and there. Like, just common yeah, yeah. things that people need to learn and to understand that it's not just about, hey, what the heck just happened and how do we save this person's life? There's oh. a whole other side of it. That needs to be taken into well, when she was having the operation, um, they sat her in the expectant mother's waiting room. So there's people going past with their little carry cases with newborn babies and stuff like that. And even then I wasn't allowed in and I couldn't help. And that frustration and anger, there was a lot of anger towards the hospital, a lot of anger. I'm right. I'm right there with you on that. That's actually one of, one of my triggers is when you go to a hospital and you know, someone's going through miscarriage or whatever the, the emergency is. And then all of a sudden on the same floor, you have these new newborns. The mothers, everything's yeah. the same thing. Like hospitals need to learn to separate these areas because it's very tr- triggering and traumatic for people who are going through a loss, yeah. a stillborn, a, you know, a miscarriage, Whatever the case might be, it needs to be separated. Yeah. yeah. It was, it was awful. There was a lot of anger, um, a lot of anger for a long while. I think there still is. I mean, we have to drive past the hospital to go into the town and, uh, feel it welling up every time I go past. You know, I mean, it, it, she had the fact that the nurse said, oh, he decided to just cancel it. But why? Why? Uh, I had no reason. It's just like, there's no reason. I can't bother today. It's interfering with me golf. So, yeah, yeah. Anything. And there was nothing they could say or do at that point. I'm sure the anger was, was fuming. You've got to be kidding. He made you wait nine days and then Boop, yeah. Cancel, like, yeah. 
remember that you're not alone. I'm here. You know, you want to talk more. I'm sure if you want to connect with other people, we're happy to to assist, to help. You know, we'll put some, together some gatherings together out in the UK, all over, you know, some retreat. Remember, it's tough. It is tough. You're not alone. Um, you know, I, I walk down the supermarket our ways or stuff like that, and there's just constant reminders everywhere, like little Batman pajamas and little things. There's always a what if. Do you think there needs to be more sensitivity training around around the world in the supermarkets and the stores? Like, yeah, be careful I, of warning signs or a bit of tact, you know, a bit of tact, a bit of common sense. You know, hospitals, for example, those people that have gone through this don't see anybody expecting mothers and next to the labour ward or whatever. It's, it's not right. they common sense. So how do we change this all? What would you say to change this? How, how, how do we change this to make sure that these things get changed? I think there needs to be a lot more conversation, a lot more communication. Um, things like this will really help. Yeah. Because you were right at the very beginning, you said about stuff for men. There's nothing, but there's also nothing for family. So communication around the board about this subject, I think, is what needs to be done. Sure. Yeah, no, that definitely needs to be done. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. What were you about to say? No, no. No, it's fine. One sec. Definitely what you're saying is so true. Like all these things need to need to happen. I think slowly but surely these conversations are gonna happen. And there's a lot of work that needs to be done in the space and with the doctors and the hospitals, but I think slowly but surely they, they things are gonna change for the better. Yeah, I hope so. I hope so, because I wasn't I remember being for the first scan I wasn't allowed out, so I waited outside the hospital window freezing rain and I waited there until she came out she was so happy and uh and then it all just went badly from there you know so I think communication bit of tact bit of common sense yes thanks yeah. for thanks for sharing your story and helping others through it I'm sure people right. want to connect with you. They can reach out. You know, other people. Yeah, yeah, of course. Uh, yeah, anybody wants to have a chatty boo, I'm always there. So, yeah, I'll connect. I'll tag you, you know, on, on Facebook and something when it goes live, share it so you can share it. And I think it's important that all these stories are, are heard and that men are heard. Yeah, thank you, Daniel. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, have a good day. You've just listened to another great episode of Men Talk with Daniel Landau. If you've suffered from miscarriage, infertility, stillbirth, or infant loss and want to open up about it, reach out. We'd love to have you on the show. You can also join our Facebook group, or if you'd like to get involved and start a chapter in your neighborhood, visit our website, www.menshelpline.org today. Until next week, stay strong, and remember, you're not alone.